We're starting a new series this year as we jump into 2020, and I'm calling it From Here to There, and over the next five or six weeks, we're going to look at some of the questions related to that idea of getting from here to there. And in that process, you'll get a chance to hear me a couple times, you'll get to hear uh, Pastor Karen in a couple weeks, you'll get to hear Pastor Amy a couple weeks after that. So each of us, you'll hear a variety of different voices kind of speaking to this same theme. Right now, what I want you to do is, I have, see I have this road atlas here. Some of, do, does anyone, do you know what this actually is? This is, this is called, this is a book of maps. And this is how everyone used to travel. This is how we used to travel. In fact, I still have one in our car. This is the one from 2015. And every couple of years, we'll go to, well, where we used to live, it was Sam's Club. So here we'd go to Costco, and we would get the nice spiral-bound one. And Rebecca would also use this when she was traveling as a nurse. And these are really helpful when you're in areas where the cellular coverage is bad, and you can't really rely on Google Maps or Waze, since we're out here, uh, or any of those things. I want you to think of the year 2015, that was five years ago. Think of the picture of who you were five years ago. Picture that in your mind. Who were you five years ago? Isn't it weird to think that we're already 20 years past Y2K and all of that fearfulness? Apparently we turned out okay. Okay, so now you've got this picture of who you were five years ago. Now I want you to think forward five years. Who do you want to be five years from now? 2025. Not whether you think you'll still be around, but who would you want to be five years from now? And in the middle is right now, who you are right now. Now, I hope when you think of that future picture of you that you are excited about who you want to be and become. And not just you, but we could use the collective we. Who do we want to be or become in five years? Now, this new year, we know this is a time where we have gym warriors. If you go to Planet Fitness right now, it's full up. Trust me, that'll end in a couple of weeks and it'll be dead as... It is during the rest of the year, okay? This time of year, we have a time that's full of plans, hopes and dreams. We're determined to change. This is going to be the year. We're hoping for transformation. And in all different kinds of ways. I heard someone say this. I don't know who it was in particular. I don't remember their name. But they said one of the reasons that resolutions are really not that great of a thing. And I've come to agree with this in some, in some manner. It's that we underestimate what we can do in the long term. And we overestimate what we can do in the short term. So we have this big goal that we like to set in January. And by about mid-January, or for those of you that are really overachievers, by about March, then we, we start to say, oh man, I just can't do that. We tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what we can do in the long term. 
Part of this, there's a whole bunch of reasons for this. We know that we live in an era where we tragically have the shortest attention spans ever. The research for websites is that if you don't capture someone's attention in less than like about five seconds, you've lost them. They're going to move on. If your page is slow to load, people will be like, oh, there's a lot of comics that have done jokes about that. You know, we don't, all of these things that we enjoy now, it's like you're connecting, you can bring up a church on the other side of the world, you're connecting to their website, and if it takes more than three seconds, we get disappointed that it's slow to load. One of the things that I think that we're in short supply is stick-to-itiveness that we jump ship the moment we become unhappy or something doesn't quite work out or that goal that you've set just feels like you're just beating your head against the wall. You're making no progress. We don't stay with things long enough to see significant impact, lasting growth and transformation, resilience in the face of adversity. So in these next weeks, we're not just thinking of the next 12 months. Not just who do I want to be on January 1st, 2021. Who do you want to be five years from now? That might be the bigger goal. And then we backtrack and figure out, okay, what's actually achievable in the shorter term to get us to that point? Let's think bigger. Who do we want to be January 1st, 2025? And because we don't do this alone, we can ask the question, how will I or we, with the help of the Holy Spirit guiding me, become that picture of myself? Who do you want to be, and is that where you're going right now? Imagine it's a line stretching from here to there. You know, we're here, and there's this line over here called there. You know, sort of like that mystical person, they. Well, there is also sort of like that. And we like it to be this, straightforward, easy to follow, but you have all lived life and you know that this is an illusion. This is more, yeah, Amy, you drew it. This is more of what here to there is like. It's more like a, a maze and sometimes indecipherable maze. There was a um, corn maze and I heard a person who talk about how he was there with his daughter and she called him on her cell phone or on his cell phone and said, Dad, I'm lost. I'm in this corn maze. How, can you help me? He's like, well, I'm in the corn maze too. How can I help you get out of that? Things are not actually very straightforward. And sometimes getting up even on the bridge to see like a bigger sense of the picture can actually make it worse. You might have an idea, okay, I need to head that way, but you're still not quite sure how to get there. If you have a Bible with you or on your phone, open up to Romans 13. I'm going to be reading a few verses, and this is a section in the letter of Romans where the Apostle Paul has just written an impassioned plea for people to believe that love is the sum total of God's teaching. That love is actually the only thing that we should be in debt to. That's the only debt that's worthy of carrying in our life. I'm going to be reading from uh, the Message Translation. This was written by uh, Eugene Peterson, who passed away this past year. 
This is kind of a paraphrase in modern language of the New Testament. I'm going to read verses 11 through 14. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations, that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. For the night is about over, dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Absorbed and exhausted. Ever anyone feel that at times? I, when I read that, I felt immediately convicted that there are many times where I've been absorbed and exhausted. Does that describe you from time to time in your life? Don't loiter and linger, he says. We don't have time to waste. Let's pray. God, thank you for the, word, the way that your word refreshes us. Will you keep on blessing your word as you already do? Your word, which you've said, will never pass away. And yes, as we look at the Bible, we know it's a lot of words. And it's words, some of whom we don't understand. But there's something about these words. May this word cut through the clutter, press through the noise of our life to all of those places where we're feeling absorbed and exhausted right now. We want to be awake. We don't want to miss out on what you have in store for us. We don't ever want you to look at us and say, what could have been if only they would have? Lord, we want to step into all that you have promised and planned, not just today or this year or five years from now, but forever. Amen. You know, you can accomplish a lot in five years when you think back to 2015. Maybe there's some things that you've accomplished. There's a lot of positive and negative things that you can do in five years. That's 60 months for those of you that don't really like math. Okay, so you can break things down that way. Do you know you could, you could learn a new language in probably less than five years if you really wanted to? Maybe not to speak it at a total fluent level, but you could. You could advance your education in some way. You could gain a new trade or skill. You could do a lot of things. What are some things that you think you could do in five years? What would be a few examples? You could be a homeowner. Yes, that is a great goal. I also have that goal. What else? What could you do in five years? Well, short frame of time after work, became a master gardener and a singing message. 
master gardener, singing messenger. You could learn a new skill, a new hobby, something to pour yourself into in five years, yeah. You could learn a new sport if you wanted to. You know, you don't just have to watch the Olympics. You might even be in the Olympics next time if they keep making certain sports Olympics, like breakdancing. You, you could learn how to be a breakdancer and make it into the Olympics. Yeah. You could volunteer. You could write a book. Even if you don't like to read, you could read 60 books in the next five years. That's one book a month. The average book at 200 pages is about five to six pages a day. Now, Nina, this doesn't count you. We know you could do 60 books in one month, okay? Yeah. The average book, say it's 200 pages, that's only five pages a day, five, six pages a day or so, which is like five minutes or me, I'm a slow reader, so maybe 10 minutes a day. So we, you could do that in five years. Or how about this one? You could radically transform your soul in the next five years. Jesus was here on earth for three years, and what did he accomplish in three years with the people that chose to be in his presence every single day for three years? They were radically changed forever. What if we devoted the next five years to seeking the face of God, which his word says, if you seek me, you will what? You will find me. It says that no less than five specific times in the Bible. And there's probably other variations of verses. If you wanted to read the Bible in the next five years, if you read two chapters a day, you could read the Bible three times in five years, even though it looks big and hard and difficult. That's one of the things that we're doing through Immerse is reading the Bible in segments over a span of three years. Not very aggressively. If we went aggressive, we could do it multiple times in five years. In five years of reading the Bible, you would have a greater Jesus-like ability to know the word so much more than you do now so that when you're in those messy spots, you'd have those verses that pop up in just the right moment, just like they did for Jesus when he was assaulted and brought to bear by these enemies. And he had the word of God so much in him that he was able to respond in that moment, not to be preachy to people, but to know how to stay away from temptation, those things that are going to get you off track and not allow you to be who you want to be or who God wants you to be five years from now. That's the positive list, but there's also a negative list because five years is a long time. In five years, that's enough time to finalize the messy details of a divorce. Five years is enough time to end up in prison. Five years is enough time to have served five years of a life sentence. Five years is enough time to be addicted to drugs and actually far less than that. Five years is enough time to be fired from five to seven jobs or more. Five years is enough time to rack up a mountain of debt. It's a lot of time to do good or to do evil. It's a lot of time to start a trajectory for good, to make wiser, better decisions, or the opposite. Here's the main thing that I want to rest on today, and it's this. The ways that you let in become the ways you get set in. As you start a new year, 
or a new trajectory over the next five years. The things that we let in, and believe it or not, we let a lot in without even thinking about it, become the ways that we get set in. Now, that's not always a bad thing. You know that phrase, oh, he's so set in his ways. Sometimes you think, I used to think that about my grandpa. Oh, he's so set in his ways. Why can't he just get with it? Well, if your ways are the wrong ways, then yeah, that's not a good thing. But if your ways are the right ways or the better ways, being set in your ways is not such a bad thing. Our ways are how we choose to react, what we accept, what we decline, how we handle money, how we handle conflict, anger, the ways that people interact in our lives. Those are all of the ways that we can choose. Now, many of those ways were modeled to us by other people in our lives, maybe adults that we were, uh, had control of us. Some of those things are not the best ways. Other ways, maybe a little bit better. But the ways that we let in eventually become the ways that we are set in. Why is this so important? I think it's important because there's a couple of things that jump out from Romans and also from a few other scriptures this morning. This should definitely wake us up. And here's the first one. When I read Romans 13, it tells me this, time is not on our side. We think that we might have all the time in the world, but time is not on your side. It's an endless march. Some of those dry bones, creaky bones, make you feel it a little bit more. Paul, who wrote this letter, brings it up several times. He says, know how late it is. Time is running up. Wake. Time is running out. Wake up. The night is over. The dawn is about to break. Understand the time. Understand that this life is not about killing time or waiting until some future time that you can get to work. Time is never assured. The fact that we woke up this morning, we just sang that song about it's your breath in our lungs. We were not guaranteed that breath when we got up this morning. Psalm 39.5 says this, You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Vapor. Breath in his lungs. Psalm 90 says this, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. Those of you that are closer to those numbers, you'll be like, amen. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Friends, we don't have time to waste. The generations, including us and those coming up, are counting on us. Five years, thinking of who we want to be in five years. Five years is a long time. It's not even guaranteed. First Peter 1 says this, People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Grass withers, flowers fade, but his ways endure so that's the first truth, since we have to tell the truth, or we should be telling the truth at the beginning of the year especially. The second thing, since we're telling the truth and trying to wake up, this will not be encouraging to some of you. <laughs> I apologize, but not really, because it's true. Future you is a version of current you with more miles. 
I'm just going to stand over to the side here. So, <laughs> so if you're going to throw anything, future you is a version of current you with more miles. When we think back five years, and then we think of who we are today, there might be some things that have changed, but you've actually become more you over the last five years. And five years from now, you will still be you. You will just be a slightly different version of you with a little more mileage. Just like my car, I finally paid it off this past year after five years, and I was so glad about that. But then realizing that even though it's paid off, what I could get for resale was very, very disappointing. And all of those added little dings and dents. And maybe your body physically feels that same way. You're going to be exactly like you, just with more miles on the odometer. But don't feel too bad, because that's all of us. All right? If my car leaks oil today, it probably still will in five years. But it'll have built up in some of the parts of the engine, and it will cause that oil to burn and drive and smell a certain way. And if you've been behind my car or another car, you know what that car smells like. Everyone can tell the car that burns oil. It's the same car as it was five years ago. It has always burned oil. If you are kind now, you will be kind five years from now, but you will be probably kinder. It will be a deepening of who you are in five years. If you are naturally a generous person now, you will probably still be generous five years from now. If you are cruel now, you will perhaps be crueler five years from now. If you are harsh, you will still probably be harsh five years from now. And if you are disciplined, you will probably still be disciplined five years. Now, we're not talking about if tragedy or other you know, circumstances happen. But the characteristics that you show now seep into who you are, hardening and forming your character over time. Don't worry, we're getting to the good news, okay? I know. Okay, this, this is the slow build, okay? This is, this is not the pop a pill, okay? Time alone isn't going to change who you are, okay? But I know I can change. Give me one more chance. If we keep making the same choices, then we already know who future you is, just with more miles and more set in those ways. Now, it can be more of God's ways, or it could be more of our ways, and the Bible actually repeats this a lot. I, I put a couple verses on the back of your bulletin, uh, a couple from Proverbs and one from Matthew. Let me read those. Proverbs 11 says, If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Proverbs 26 says, If you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. In our world, we might say something like, you reap what you sow. Matthew 7 says, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. All this to say that if in you there is already a critical nature or a disagreeable spirit, I don't really have to guess what five-year future you is going to be like most of the time. 
You are what you eat, you become what you watch, you reap what you sow. Those are all phrases that we've heard. So future you isn't that much of a mystery when we think about it. But the good news is, if you don't like what you're getting, then you can change what you're doing from today. We always have that choice. When you think back five years to January of 2015 and then forward to who you hoped you would be today, the kind of person you wanted to become, the better choices that you were going to make, if you're feeling disappointed or wistful right now, then change what you're putting in. It's easy to say that, I know, and it's hard to do that. The things that you're doing or what you're valuing the things that you're watching, what you let in, watch it before it starts to set in. Otherwise, we already know what the future will hold. We know what future you will be like. Romans 13 says the night is almost gone, though. The dawn will soon be here. So if you're living in the morning of life, the good news is you can make a new decision before the evening comes. If you are living in the evening of your life, you can make a new decision before that dawn breaks. It's never too late to start. One of the reasons why the gym will empty in a few weeks, or maybe even by this week, is that we think that just hitting something really hard is, is going to you know, produce those lasting effects. That we're, our motivation is just going to stay high all the time. And we're going to be able to continue that. And the vast number of times, we're not really able to do that. This is the third thing that I, would, that I see from some of these texts. Steady activity is far more important than short-term intensity. This is true in a lot of areas of our life, but also in our faith life. We might need those moments of high intensity, you know, like the camp experience, the mountaintop, the really cool thing to motivate us. But because those are emotion-based much of the time, they will not always be with us. It's that steady activity. It's those little steps repeated over time that will get us further in the long run. So don't worry about making a list of resolutions today that you're going to break or that I'll break. Don't worry right now about making a list of ways that you're going to change so that you can be you in five years. Because whatever you bite off now, you better be able to chew and swallow first. Don't bite off, what? More than you can chew. We tend to underestimate what we can do in the long term and overestimate what we can do in the short term. And intensity can be invigorating, but as I found, if I try to work out too much, I invariably go too hard and then I get injured and then I stop doing it and then I'm sort of back to square one. We want to go further than January 6th, tomorrow. We want to go further than March or 2021. 1 Corinthians 15 says, My dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. There was a man who used to come in 
once a quarter to the church I was at. And he never really wanted anyone to know this, but he would come in and he would take a little stick with a tennis ball and he would get all of the little scuff marks that had accumulated on the floor. Nobody knew this, but one time I was working in the back and I saw him come in and do it. And it was, to him it was like a really important thing, but it was also something kind of a small thing that he didn't really want anyone to know. And I think that it's a lot of those types of small things that are really not that small. They all matter. And then he would come in and he would actually wax the floor about once a quarter. And no one, would, no one ever knew this. And he didn't want any credit. He wasn't doing it for credit from others. But he labored for the Lord and it was not useless. Hebrews 10 says, Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. It's those slow, steady, incremental steps. Proverbs 16 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You can have a great goal. You can have that amazing thing that you are aiming for, whether it's a house or a job or something in your family or reading the Bible in a new way. Steady activity allows you to tap into that most mysterious of forces in the world. It's that force called compound interest, you know, where just a little bit consistently starts to grow over time, and sometimes we call it the snowball effect. You know, those of you that have, like, some sort of retirement, you kind of hope for something like that, or if you've got things that grow over time. If you own a home, you're hoping that it continues to go like this, that compound interest idea and I'm not necessarily talking about money what I am talking about is we've got this big goal over here and where we probably are right now is right here this is where you're starting at and see we just want to go right for that goal we're here and we're like, I just want to get that goal. Just give me that pill. Give me that shortcut that allows me to hit that goal right now. But see, this might not be the goal that we're ever going to be able to hit if we don't have all of the steps in between. I'm praying right now, Lord, for this to work. See, sometimes our goals get derailed. See... All of this other stuff, I love it. Because this is, your, this is that non-straight life that doesn't always work out like you plan. And the domino effect. <laughs> Stay with me. You'll get it. I'm going to stick with it. Come on, stick-to-itiveness. See, right now I could stop and give up, but I'm not going to. If you're listening on the recording, sorry. <laughs> I knew there was a reason that every Scrabble game has two blank tiles. See, we're starting right here, and we want to get over to here. You know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. 
this. It's because this table is uh, somewhat broken. There we go. We want to get from here to here. But see, this part right here, this might be the next five years. See, we think that this might be our resolution for the next year. This might actually be five years out. And if we want to get here to where we want to be and where God wants us to be, more importantly, we might have to slog through the next five years or longer. Some of you have been slogging a lot longer than this, and you could add many, many more steps. But sometimes there's that thing called the domino effect where one little piece... And you start here... And this has the amazing ability to actually be able to knock over something that's 50% bigger than itself. And if we were actually going to continue that out, by the time we got about out to number 29, that goal would be the size of the Empire State Building. Obviously, we can't do that. We don't want to do that. The reality is that we can't jump from here to there. So if this is you today, January 5, 2020, Good. That's okay. Set the goal. Aim for it. Keep going. C.S. Lewis said, good and evil both increase at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. I'm still reading his words. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which a few months later you may be able to go on to victories you never dreamed of. Conversely, an apparently trivial indulgence in lust or anger today is the loss of a ridge or railway line or bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. The smallest good act today is of such infinite importance. Everything is important. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become in the next five years? With that picture in mind, ask yourself the follow-up question. Is that where I'm going? And if not, what needs to change? If it is, then I want to encourage you today. Keep going. Have that goal out there. Have some stick to And if you're struggling, you might need to bring someone else alongside you to help you have that stick to Let's pray, church. God, I pray that you would help us in this because we know that it's hard. And we want to be going in the way that you would have us to go. And if we're not, may this be the first day of being set in your new way. And then make us get up tomorrow and say yes again, and yes again, and yes again. And pretty soon, we were here, and now we're there. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.